Hey, Jay Calloway here, pastor of The Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Hey everybody, it is so good to be with you today. I am so excited about what God is doing in this month of February. What an incredible, incredible season we're in. Last week was so amazing as we all gathered together at our celebration service. We had baptisms. Many people gave their heart to the Lord. We've already begun discipling people. It's just an amazing, amazing season. You know, last week we taught, we started on this um, whole theme of any given Sunday, talking about uh, the game and and talking about the movie that was many years ago, I think in 1999. And it was all about this idea that at any given day, no matter how good you are, you can be beat. And any given day, no matter how bad you are, you can win. And I think that that's something that is so important for each one of us to remember because as we shared and as we talked over um, over last week and I, and I kind of set the tone for all of this, I really believe that we need to keep our guard going. And we talked about the, the scripture in there in Proverbs 4, 23 through 26, and talking about to guard your heart, for there's where the well of life, the spring of life begins and, and then goes out in all of our purposes and everything else. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna continue on. And I am so excited that you are you have joined with us. And listen, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name's Jay. My wife, Vicki, and I, we lead this amazing church called The Gate. We just absolutely love what we do. We're so excited that you have chosen to be a part of us and a part of what's going on. If you are just now kind of checking out what it is to be a part of a church, whether it's online, it's in a hub, uh, maybe you're in one of our campuses, and can I just say today is a big, big day, and we're so excited. Welcome into our Munster Hub. Woo-woo! Everybody kind of give a cheer for that. We are so excited about what God is doing and expanding in all of these areas. So I just want to I just want to just welcome you in and be a part of this. And there's so many other things that are happening and, and being a part in our in our church, in all these areas that are around. And so we just want to let you know that you we love you. We're excited about you being a part. And if you don't have anywhere else, maybe you're out there and you're saying, you know what, I just want to be a, connected with a group of people. Connect with us. Put it in the chat box right there if you're on our online campus. Maybe you're on Facebook or YouTube, wherever it is. You can message us. You can go to thegateonline.net and message us and get connected with us, and we will be there. And If there's somebody that's in your area, we will connect you with them, and we look forward to that. Well, let's, let's continue on this idea of any given Sunday. And the idea that we need to make sure that our heart is right, that we're guarded, that we realize that at any given time, uh, the enemy can come in. And, and as we've shared on many occasions before, but I want to really hone in on this idea. We need to understand that the devil, the enemy that comes up against us, he does not have power. And yet, there will be times where circumstances will come in to slow us down. Maybe there's things that will come in. We talked about Paul saying that I would have been to you earlier. But um, when he's talking to the Thessalonians in, the, in Thessalonians, he said, I would have been there earlier, but the devil, the enemy, detoured me. He distracted. He, he got in my way. He put things in, in our path. Sometimes those things in our path 
or outside of our um, control. But then there's other times when the things that are in our path to get in our way, they are in our control. That maybe um, may, maybe we we allow some things to come in, maybe some bad thoughts, some things that we don't uh, that that are not aligned with Scripture. It could be our own maturity level. Maybe it's the things that we are always struggling with, as the as the Apostle Paul says that I have a thorn in my side that they are always dealing with these things. That every time I want to do good, evil's present. And so, what does that all mean for us as we walk through this? Well. I shared with you, and I just brought up a quick thought that I want to really move into and a little bit stronger, that as children of God, we always say our walk is sure. Have you ever thought about that walk being something that is uh, maybe one step at a time? You know, I find myself always looking for the big event. And today, is it being Super Bowl Sunday and the big game is tonight and and we're talking about the food, and I, I don't know about you, but um, now while I'm maybe a little partial to the Rams and winning the winning the Super Bowl, to be honest, I'm more rooting for the food than anything else because I don't really have a have a care on who wins, other than I just want to eat a lot of food. But with that being said, I really feel like there are times when we need to not be so worried about the big event coming or making great strides in life. But the reality comes down to this. Not only do they call us the big game or they have the movie there or the thought process, any given Sunday, the best team can get beat by the worst. And that's the way it is in life. There's also a concept. It says it's a game of inches, a game of just just narrow. I remember in the Kansas City game just recently in the championship for the NFC when um, that the, ga- the game was such an incredible, incredible game. And it came down to a, a, a quarter of an inch on the where the ball was placed, whether it was going to be first down or fourth down. And I think about that sometimes, that in our own lives, there are times where it just it's just a game or it's a life of inches that sometimes you feel like you've gone for three or four years and all you've made progress on is a few inches in life. And in the reality, that very well may be true. Because a lot of times we get discouraged in our Christian walk. We get discouraged in our life simply because we walk in this idea that we need to make, a, we need to make big strides. That I, I'm, I'm falling here. Well, I, now I need to get up and I need to go hard after it. And before long, we burn out again and we fall again and we just constantly. But as a child, as a child of God, we are called to just walk or make sure our walk is sure. Our talk is confident. They were to make one step at a time, one step at a time. And I want to talk to you what it means to build a life one step at a time, to build strength inside of us that we will not fall, we won't fail, but we will just continue to walk on. But as a child of God, I want us to proclaim and I want us to believe who we are in our walk, that it will be sure and it will be confidence. And let's say it together in bold confidence. Today, I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today, I will hear the word of God. Today, I will do the will of God. Today, I will be convicted, challenged, and changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it? 
Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you. Give them a high five here in your hub. If you're in around in one of our campuses, give some, go just run around and give some people some high fives and say, I believe it for you too. Amen. If you're at home right now, I would just encourage you to post out there. Share this post with somebody. If you're watching and following along, share this out and message somebody saying, I'm believing that God will bless you and give you favor and a future and faith that is out of this world. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's talk about this for a moment. So as we talked about these ideas of being a game of inches, we realize very clearly that the enemy is constantly moving and coming up against us. You know, in the game of football, you have four tries to get 10 yards. And if you're really good and you can pass the ball, you can have those times where it's, it's you know, you can pass it all the way down and have a 30, 40, 50 yard swath that you just cut out. But the teams that know how to grind it in, pound it and run it and run it and just grind it out. My wife and my mother-in-law are always talking about how they just can't stand when the running back runs right up the middle, right into the middle of all of the giant defensive players. And yet, those teams that understand how to make a game, a running game strong and how to have a good running game, that opens up the whole area out there. And it's a, it's a known fact that those that have a strong running game and they have a strong ability to just go maybe a few feet, maybe a couple of yards, and just take little chunks out at a time, that that will open up for the big plays. I think that's the same way it is in our life. I think in, our, in the same way it is in our life, we need to realize that this is a game of inches, that our life is just one that we just grind out every day, every day, every day. You see, the, the teams that are always relying on their arm, always relying on the big plays, always relying on getting the ball down 30 yards at a time, they're the ones that become vulnerable because all the, all the defensive players have to do is double team those that are passing. And it's much more dangerous to pass that ball and get an interception and then the, then the enemy gets the ball. And I think in the same way, that's how, how it is in our life. Is that we're, we're constantly looking for that big play. We're constantly looking for that feel-good thing. That we want the feels. That we, want, that we just want that big celebration moment. Instead of every morning waking up and just grinding out one rule, one precept, one thought, one scripture verse. Just one a discipline that God has for each one of us. You see, the ones that are faithful in going every single day and getting up every day to go out, no matter how they feel, and just be disciplined to continue going, to continue on, that's the ones that will build up the stamina. Those are the ones that will build up the ability to just keep going even when it seems like the enemy is stronger. You see, there's a scripture in the, in, in the Word of God in Isaiah, the 28th chapter, in verse 10. And it says, therefore, precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. You see, in fact, it was talking there and Isaiah was talking about the laying the cornerstone or laying the capstone. In other words, there was this idea that if you're going to build a house, build a foundation, you first laid the cornerstone. And the cornerstone was what gave the trajectory for the size of the, uh, of the foundation. 
Now, the Bible says there that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the capstone. There was another term that could be used as a capstone, and that was the, for an entrance. Have you ever seen an archway that will go up like this, and at the very top of it, there will be a, a wedged piece, and that wedged piece is called the capstone. And what that does is that puts in there, and it, makes, it becomes where it keeps that arch from falling in. It creates an entryway. That in the same way, a capstone could be on a pyramid. And that capstone at the top, however they fashion that, you see, the capstone, the cornerstone, the, um, the, the, the angled stone that goes into an archway, those were always created first. They were always made and honed out first because the size of the cornerstone, the trajectory or the angle of the capstone determined the size of the building. It determined the size of the foundation. And can I tell you, the Bible says there that God, Jesus was from the very beginning, that he was the, he was the very first. He was the first among the dead, meaning he was the first of the resurrection. He was the first in, in the perfect lamb that was sacrificed. He was there for, and, and was from the foundation of the world. He was the lamb slain from the foundation. And basically what it's saying there is that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, He's the one that fashions and creates the size of the house. He's the one that builds in and puts in the realms, the remnants of what a house of God is going to look like. Now, you and I are fashioned, the Bible says, as living stones, but only after the capstone, only after the, the cornerstone is built, the put in there to show the fashion of which way it's going to go. And in the same way, we understand that that's, that's the way that it, it begins to establish. But just like it says there that he was the cornerstone, it says that for us, that we, how are we going to be taught? Who's going to teach us? And who is going to, who's going to be taught? It's the ones that have gotten off the milk. It's the ones that gets off the nursing, the, the, the baby food, the formula. It was getting off of that. I've got a little bunch of little ankle biters, as I love to call them. I affectionately call all my little, my grandkids, all the little kids around me, my ankle biters. But there's a moment in time when each one of them, they start getting a little fussy. I remember when we were growing, when we were raising our children, we would be feeding them the formula or the milk and, and having them. But they begin to say to us, if, you, if your baby's getting a little fussy after they haven't had the milk, it might be time to give them a little bit more of the, um, uh, of the baby food or give a little bit more. We used to call it, I, old term, but we used to call it pablum or the little bit of that, um, just the mush stuff. I don't know what it's called, but anyway, they would, we would give that. We would mix a little bit into the milk to give it a little bit more substance. And then they would sleep through the night. Wake up in the morning, give him some milk, but it just didn't seem satisfying. Have you ever been in a place where you just aren't satisfied? It just seems like you're not satisfied with the things of God. I've had people tell me sometimes that, hey, listen, I, I'm not satisfied. Uh, you know, I, I just don't feel like I'm being fed. Well, could it be that there's some things on the table, there's some area, there's some things that you need to be picking up, but you're just more consumed with the bottle? You see, what the scripture is saying there, and Isaiah wrote, is who is he going to teach? And it says there, the one that has weaned itself off the milk, that's going to go in for more of the, the meat of the word, they're going to go in for the meat. In fact, Sunday night, Sunday morning in our celebration service, I told you to get your hands out like this. 
And, and so I'm going to invite you right now, every single one, whether you're in a hub or anywhere else, get your hands right like this. Yeah, you got your fork and you got your knife. Can I tell you that when you're holding your fork and your knife, you can't be holding the bottle. And a lot of times what happens is, is we're not interested in getting the precept upon precept or the rule upon rule. We just like the ease of sucking back the bottle, the ease of just getting the milk. But the reality is, at one point, all of my children moved even from the bottle into the baby food. And from the baby food, they moved into the table food. But each time, we would take moments and we would take and we would cut their food up for them. And then we would cut up some more food. Maybe we would mash it up. I remember when we were wanting to be very natural, instead of buying the jar baby food, Vicky would go in, it probably wasn't even as much natural as it was, we just didn't have enough money to buy baby food. We would, we would take the broccoli or the green beans or whatever we had from the dinner, and she had this little cylinder, and she would grind it up and mush it up, and then feed it to the babies. Why? Because that's the, that's the level they were at. Milk was, to, was not enough. But giving them T-bone steak was too much. We would be able to, maybe the milk or the pablum, the, the, the formula with the fortification, wasn't enough anymore. But giving them a, a bowl full of Brussels sprouts that weren't cut up and mashed, it was too much. And as moms and dads and as parents and as God is in our life, he's going, I know what I want you to have and I need you to wean off. I need you to get, quit getting so fixated on the ease of the bottle. I need you to quit getting so fixated on the ease of what it's been because it's not going to be nourishing to you anymore. It's not going to be satisfying to you anymore. Have you ever thought that maybe when you're feeling like I'm just not getting fed, could it possibly be that there's some things sitting on the table? I can tell you that almost every time that we were eating at the table with my children and, my, and now my grandkids, there were things on the table that I wouldn't give. I always tease my, my, I always tease my, kids, uh, my kids now that I'm going to give their babies some, a cup of coffee. And, and get a table, I'm going to no, you're not. Or I'm going to let them drink some Coke. No, that's got too much sugar, they'd say. Or I'm going to give them a bite of my steak. Or I'm going to give them some of my hot sauce. And, and invariably, you'll get a rise out of a good parent saying, no, they're not ready for that. In the same way God is saying the same way to us. But what would it be like if my 10-year-old um, grandson or my 11-year-old uh, my uh, granddaughter or my 8-year-old or even my young, my young little 9-month-old uh, you know, baby that's not uh, Lorelei, that she's not ready for, she's not ready for full-on food, but she's wanting a little bit more than just milk. What would it be like if I just, if, if now that they were 10 or 11 and they were still sucking down the bottle and they were crying like, I'm just not being fed. I got to find something. I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. I'm going to look at them and go like, well, then put the bottle down and pick up your fork and eat that piece of meat. Put that bottle down and get that piece. You see, what the Bible is saying there is that God wants to eat. God wants to feed people. He wants to teach people that are willing to put down the previous things to start picking up the good things. The writer of Hebrews writes it like this. You should be eating the meat by now, but you're still on the, you're still on the milk. You still keep going back to that. You see, it's a game of inches. And when we're really well, willing to go there, it's what the Bible says. Rule upon rule, line upon line, order upon order, precept upon precept, command upon command. In other words, maybe one, the early command was the milk. 
But then you sat that down. And then the next command or the next precept was the baby food or maybe just the, the pablum and the, the cereal that you mix in with the milk. And then the next command or the next precept is a little bit more substantial. It's a little bit more, there's a little bit more that you have to do. At one point, it's not even going to be, I'm just not getting fed because it's time for you to feed yourself. You see, if we're going to truly be the kind of people that are not going to be taken out by the enemy, if we're going to be the kind of people that any given day we can defeat the enemy, if any, any given day as the enemy comes up and tries to defeat us, we're like, no, I don't need it. Because we don't have to call someone else to feed us. We can feed ourselves. You see, the Bible is very clear. At one point, you need to be able to rightly divide the word of truth for yourself. Line upon line, precept upon precept, it determines, as Jesus is the cornerstone, it determines the level of which we're going to live. The guiding rule is used to control and regulate and the conduct of our lives. You see, when he says there, line upon line, precept upon precept, he's saying to each one of us, at one point, I want you to get these regulations. I want you to get these uh, concepts. I want you to get them into your life that it becomes your lifestyle. I want the habits of the Holy Spirit to be your guiding principle. I want the idea of you getting up and spending time with me to be something so natural that it's as natural as to how you want to spend time with your spouse, how you want to do a good job in your, in your occupation, how you want to have excellence and you want to have a good reputation. I want just as much as you want that, I want you to be able to speak, get in and begin to speak into the lives of people around you, that that becomes just so natural that you would just come out with the word of God. You see, the idea that of, of that line upon line and that precept upon precept is that you can more clearly discern the consistent help of heaven. You see, when God comes down into our lives, he has a voice. He has a, he has a presence about him. And the more that you just get up and you grind in and you just can keep muscling through and keep pushing through and keep pushing the enemy back, keep pushing the gates of hell back. The Bible says that the church will push back the gates of hell. It didn't say it will bowl past the gates of hell. It doesn't say it was going into the big, uh, for the big play. No, it just says that the gates of hell will not pr prevail against the, uh, the church. Meaning the church is just going to be precept upon precept. Line upon line, year after year, day after day, minute after minute, decade after decade, just continue moving forward. It may not sound exciting. It may not sound like it's, it's all the razzle-dazzle of the, of the big plays and the Hail Marys and everything else, but it's just simply getting up every single day and playing by the precepts that God has put in our lives. It's simply getting up and having a movement toward maturity, a movement of consistency, a movement of stamina, a movement that lays a foundation that aligns with the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. That when we move and that cornerstone is there, our foundation is set and we will be fashioned to be fit perfectly in to alignment with the spirit of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, what God is saying to each one of us here is we need to realize that the enemy is at the door. But we also need to realize that even if the enemy's at the door, there's nothing to fear. Because greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is the cornerstone than he that is the counterfeit. 
Greater is he is the one that's going to come. And even though he might distract, even though the enemy might come in and, and, and throw in some accusations and throw in things that slow you down, if you're just more consumed, which is making pro a little bit of progress every single day, that you're willing to just say, okay, I'm going to work on this area. I'm going to work on this precept. I'm going to work on this line of my life. Because the Bible says there that it builds on one another. I think it's interesting when you look at the Ten Commandments. And as the Ten Commandments are there, you see the first, the first four of the Ten Commandments are all about our vertical relationship, and the last six are about our horizontal relationship. You see, the Bible says there that we should have no other gods before him, that, that, that we should that, that, uh, keep the name of the Lord thy God and do not use it in vain. It goes on down the line, and then it talks about how we should treat each other. One step at a time. If you took each one of those commandments, each one of those precepts, each one of those lines and say, today, I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus on that I should have no other gods. God, you are my priority. Not only are you my priority, you're my it. There is no other God. There is nothing else. It's just you. I worship you and I praise you. I worship you for who you are and I praise you for what you've done. And when you do that, then you continue on. God, I'm going to put you in a holy place, in a reverent place. Your name is not going to be vain in my life. It's not going to be just common. The things that you call me to are going to be precious. The foundations of my life, the finances of my life, the giftings that you put in me, the words that I speak, they're going to be precious and they're going to be reverent. They're not going to be just vain and in commonplace. You see, it goes line upon line, precept upon precept. Try taking all the commandments and just throwing them all in there and go like, I'm never going to break one of them. And yet, he says, if you put the first one in place and then you put the second one in place, by the time you get down to the relational ones, the foundational ones of, of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the vertical ones that are in place are going to be so much easier to keep the other ones because it's line upon line, order upon order, rule upon rule. We must remember this one thing is it's a game of rules, that there are boundaries that we have to live by, that we play by those rules, that we live by those rules, that we move, as I said earlier, in toward a level of maturity and a level of consistency and a level of stamina because the foundation is strong. And I tell you today, I just want you to understand that today as we walk through that and we guard our heart and we look at it, it's a game of inches. Don't go out and try to think that you're going to make it all the way through into the finish line in one stretch. Those come few and far between. I want you to think about the great miracles of life, the great miracles in, in, that are recorded in the Word of God. Out of, the, out of the several thousand years it took to write the Word of God, to write the Scripture, the amount of miracles that happen that are recorded in there are relatively few. You see, because the majority of the time is that they stepped, they just got up, they lived, and they went to bed. They got up, they lived, and they went to bed. Line upon line, 
precept upon precept, order upon order, rule upon rule, that they just continually walked in that way so that they would be one moment that it would just be a lifetime that by the time that they were ready to have children themselves, they were able to, re, they were able to bring them the milk, then bring them the bread, then bring them the meat all the way down. Can I just encourage you today that if you are walking in this and you're saying, I just don't feel satisfied, it could mean that you're needing to put down the bottle. You're needing to take up your own fork and knife and say, you know what? I need to learn. I need to learn how to cut the meat myself. I need to learn how to feed myself. I don't need to rely on everybody else to do that. I need to do it. I need to get with a group of people that can teach me how to do that. And as we walk forward in that, the best way to do it is first and foremost to, to commit your life to Christ. And he can come in and maybe you'll start out on the milk, on the, on the easy stuff. You'll start out on the basics and, and the foundational things. But then when it comes time and you're saying like, man, I'm ready for more. I'm ready for more. I'm ready for more. So if you're here this morning, and I want to just encourage you, if you're here, whatever time you may be watching this, the middle of the night, whatever time that you may be enjoying in with us, I want to just encourage you. That if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's the first part of it. That's just the milk. That is the precious salvation that we have. And that he wants to come in and walk with you and guide you. We call that being born again. And that you'll come in as, a, as many have called us as just a new babe in Christ. And we want to walk with you in that. So I want to just invite you to pray that prayer with me. If you're sitting there and you're saying, you know what, I want that commitment. I, I commit my life to Christ today. I want you to type in the chat box. Look at somebody next to you, maybe in your hub. Maybe talk with them after this session is over. And simply just say this. I want the milk of Jesus Christ. I want him to come into my life. And I want to begin to walk line upon line, precept upon precept. If that's you, just type in there. Just type in there, line on line, line on line, line on line. If you do that, we'll know that you're committing your life to Christ. And we want to walk with you in that. But pray this prayer with me, would you? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Today, I confess I declare, I believe, and I proclaim that you are the Son of God, that God raised you from the dead. And today, I will walk every single day for the rest of my life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we just want you to know that we believe without a shadow of a doubt that God has come into your life, that you have become a child of the Most High God, that you've been born again, that you have been, you've committed your life to Christ, and we want to walk with you in that. We want to talk with you and just continue to link arms. And we have a lot more information for you, but before we go, I want to just bless you. And Vicki and I, we just want you to know we're praying for you. We love you, and we cannot wait to see what God has for you. So we just invite you to just to stretch your hand before us and, and just stretch your hand toward us. And let me bless you today. Today, I bless you. I bless you in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and in all around your circle of influence. I bless your children that they would be blessed to the thousandth generation as you lead them in the ways that they should go according to the word of God. I bless you in your finances, that you would have more than enough to pay your bills and more than enough to pay them on time, that you would have margin, that you would always follow him in biblical generosity and stewardship. I bless you now in your friendships, that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you would uh, be an influencer in this world and not just be influenced by it. 
I bless you now to go and be a blessing to all around you in Jesus' name. Blessings on you guys. We love you. We're praying for you. We cannot wait to hear the reports of what God's doing in your life. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.